What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, and with me, as always, on a Friday from the Ball Blast podcast, Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. Got a busy day today. We're officially starting to move into our new house, so it's all becoming real. We got our floors and our kitchen redone. It's looking amazing. Very excited. I'm super happy for you. Like, really pumped up, excited. But I'm throwing a flag. I'm throwing a flag. False start on Majuk. Because last week, you said you were going to eat the mayonnaise. You made a bet about the 49ers offseason, some moves that would be made. You lost that bet. And you said you were going to pay up this week and eat the mayonnaise. And then all of a sudden this morning, I get a message from you saying, well, I don't have it. I've got to move some boxes. Maybe we could do it next week. I didn't say move some boxes. I have to move all of our furniture. It is very heavy. And my stomach dies just from eating like real butter. I can't even eat that or dairy because I have to get my gallbladder out. I don't know if the dairy is a part of that. But so I, I know as soon as I eat this mayo, I'm done for the day and I'm willing to do it. But I need to find a day that I don't have to, you know, help my family carry very heavy stuff. Do you know what I had going on the day we did the mayonnaise? Yeah, you had an interview, Russell Wilson. You're an idiot. You shouldn't have done it. (laughs) I didn't make excuses. Just because you do stupid stuff doesn't mean other people have to do stupid stuff. Hey, excuses are like ass. Everybody's got them and they all stink. No, all right. I told told Kate, my wife, that you wanted me to do this. And she said, if you agreed to that, I would kill you. Like (laughs) saying like today, because she knows I would just be like dead. But didn't you know last week that you were going to be moving? No, we were supposed to start moving everything tomorrow, but they're coming today. Okay. Yeah. Well, I still think you're weaseling out of it because we don't have a show next week because I'm on vacation. So you get another week off here. I think to be fair, I just found out that we weren't having a show next week. That was mm-hmm. after I told you about the van. It's amazing how many things you just found out right oh at the perfect time. It'll get done. Yeah, it, it will, because I will not let it die. Well, if I the week to... after that, my parents are in town, so I'm definitely not doing it then. So, so what? July this... 1st. July 1st. That's when we're doing it. Okay, first of all, every week you delay is another spoonful of mayonnaise that's you have fine. to eat. That's fine. That's fair. Interest. <laughs> right. That's the worst kind of interest I could ever hear of. Uh, Before we get rolling, we're going to talk about Kyle Shanahan because uh, he's appeared in some lists that we both kind of take issue with for different reasons. Uh, But I always say, please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. If you take the time to leave a review, I will take the time to read it. Which brings me to this from PDX 101, five-star review, content and connection. I cannot read this whole thing because it is crazy long. I'm not going to read it on the air. I promise you I have read the whole thing, but it's just so long I can't read all of it, but I will read some of it. They write, I really enjoy the Niners Nation podcast for a variety of reasons, but mostly it comes down to content and connection. Living in Southern California, I'm not connected to the 49ers like I was when I was able to listen to local Bay Area radio. So I appreciate the 49ers and five, which provides just the right amount to keep me looped in. Then later in the review, it says the Niners Nation pod has helped me deepen my connection with my 14 year old son. He's at an age when kids are becoming less and less communicative. So any moments we have to connect and talk is gold. 
He listens to the pod and will talk to me on the ride to school about something he heard or ask a question about something he doesn't understand. Not only is it cool to see that I am brainwashing him into being a Niner fan like my father and grandfather, but we actually have a deeper connection around a team that I have loved all of my life. That is such a great compliment. Thank you. Thank you so much. That is awesome. I have a seven-year-old son and I'm already like freaking out that, you know, when he becomes a teenager, he's not going to want anything to do with me. So the fact that you could use this show as a way to stay closer to him, that is awesome. And just thank you. That has made my week. Yeah, that is awesome. And your son loves football and the 49ers already. You're going to be fine. When he's a teenager, he's going to love hanging out with you and watching the games. You're going to have to bring him to a game. Even though you've never been to a live game, you got to go with him. My plan is next year to host a show from Levi's. That is the big thing I want to do. I want to have like a pregame show on Sunday from Levi's. Then we'll hang out. We'll have beers or whatever, watch the game. And then after the game, we'll do the instant reaction show from the stadium. I'm trying to work that out. That's my big project. If I could pull that off. I love it. Will you be there? uh, Probably not since I work on Sundays, but it would be a blast. So maybe. Won't you said next mayonnaise. season, not this season. Well, this season, yeah. You're not going to do the mayonnaise. You're not going to go to the show. Just put a little bit of effort. That's all I'm saying. Listen, I got to work on Sundays. What do you want? Yes, we all have to work on Sundays. Yeah, your job is watching the 49ers. I have a different job. I have to sometimes watch them. But <sighs> All right. Well, anyway, thank you for the review. Please, please, please keep them coming. Also got a very nice message from someone who was happy that we have called out Deshaun Watson and the Browns and the NFL for all their bullshit. Uh, You never have to worry about that with me or this show because uh, that's what I do. And Deshaun Watson is a terrible human being. He should never be allowed to play in the National Football League ever, ever, ever again. And anyone that doesn't say so, I don't know what they're looking at. I don't know what world they're living in because it seems pretty clear. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. But to change the subject into Sean Watson, because I hate talking about him and he just frustrates me. uh, The 49ers play at Pittsburgh in 2023. And I feel Mm. like we're going to have to make that happen because Pittsburgh's an awesome city and you can get there and we need to go. Oh, so now all of a sudden your schedule gets freed up. No, probably not, but we'll see. At least it's 2023 season, so I have a lot of time to work that out. True. Maybe it'll be like a Thursday game. We could do that. Oh, that would be so perfect. And Thursday night football games in Heinz Field at Heinz Field is insane. Insane. When you fly into the Pittsburgh airport, there's a statue of Franco Harris in the airport, like right when you get off. It's, It's amazing. Like, you know immediately where you are. Oh, it's just a great. I love that city. I miss it. But uh, I'm not going to get to go to Hinesfield this year. And I didn't get to go last year. So I need to make it there in 2023. I have All to right. figure it out. Let's see what we can do. So the big topic of today's show is going to be Kyle Shanahan because Pro Football Focus had a list of the top coaches in the NFL. And it was top coaches in the NFL with an average roster. I think they tried to like normalize things. But somehow, Michelle, Cliff Kingsbury was number four on the list. And I'm sorry. What the hell are the people at Pro Football Focus smoking? 
I want to even have him close to my top 10. The issue is right now being in the top 10 is actually not that impressive, but I wouldn't have him close to like, he was number four. That is absolutely insane when his records are five, 10 and one, eight and eight. And yeah, 11 and six, but they fell apart. They started what seven and oh, they, they fell apart. They always do. And you could tell when they're winning, it's because Kyler Murray is on, on his game. I don't know. I, I wouldn't even think about Cliff Kingsbury in this top 10. I will say there's like 15 coaches that you can't even consider putting in the top 10 because they're too early to tell either they just got hired this year, which is a large group of them. Um, or, you know, the Zach Taylor. Yeah. He made it to a super bowl, but it's still second season. He had one terrible season, one great one. I still think it's too early to tell on him. Kevin Stefanski, Arthur Smith, Dan Campbell, Brandon Staley, Robert Sala, Nick Sirianni. Like you can't put them in the top 10 yet. You have no idea. And then the brand new head coaches, obviously you can't do that either. So making it in the top 10 is not hard. It's just, <laughs> there's a few guys that have to be let, left out. And I, see if you agree with me here. The meh coaches, I put them in this category, just like bleh. Matt Rule, obviously. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera, I get it. Like he seems like a good little leader and stuff. But no, I don't. I don't. I that wouldn't was want him. Very as a coach. dismissive. <laughs> him and Mike McCarthy are the same for me. It's like, yeah, you guys have a wow. lot of experience and you've done well in the past, and you made it to a Super Bowl. McCarthy's won one, but no. And then Cliff Kingsbury. Like I, I put them all in that group. Well, so Kingsbury was four on the list. Kyle Shanahan was seven. Pete Carroll was five. Like, how you have Cliff Kingsbury ahead of any coaches in the NFC West blows my mind, especially if you're going to go with this, well, who would do the best with an average roster? Because just think of Cliff Kingsbury's tenure. The longer the season has gone on, the more injuries have taken their toll, the more you might have, say, for example, average players filling in for those injured guys, the worse Cliff Kingsbury's teams have gotten. So the more average his roster has gotten, the worse his teams get. So I don't know how you could have him above anybody on this list, especially Pete Carroll. I mean, Pete Carroll's the most accomplished coach in the NFC West. To have Kingsbury ahead of him is crazy. Kyle Shanahan is seven, ahead of Mike Vrabel, ahead of Frank Reich, ahead of Mike McCarthy. I just thought that whole list was crazy, to be honest with you. Where was Mike Tomlin on this list? He's not in the top 10. The, one of the winningest coaches doesn't ever has never had a losing season, uh, has been to two Super Bowls, won one, and he's not on this list is absolutely wild. But then you put Cliff Kingsbury on it when he's done absolutely nothing. And Frank Reich, honestly, Agreed. Like, what has he done? And he's had a solid roster. I, I get your quarterback has always been an issue, but with Philip Rivers, you just knew they were going to lose immediately in the playoffs. Like they didn't seem like really a strong team, and that's what they did. They lost immediately in the playoffs. I don't, I don't get the Frank, Frank Reich in here. Like I just think he's a guy that's likable, and he seems like he's a really strong leader. So people just assume he's this great coach. I, I think he should be an NFL coach. I just probably wouldn't have him in the top ten. That's all. Uh, having Kings, this is my biggest issue is obviously the Kingsbury one at four, having him ahead of Matt LaFleur when he's gone 13 and three, 13 and three, 13 and three is absurd. I don't even get the argument. You could say, well, Matt LaFleur has Aaron Rodgers, but 
that Packers team was struggling with Mike McCarthy. They were not dominating in the regular season like they have been with Matt LaFleur. Like there has been a massive change. I I cannot fathom why he would be ranked lower than him. The the whole top 10 list is so just totally destroyed. I agree with you on the floor. Where is Sean McDermott on this list, by the way? Yeah. We just sort of normalize the Bills making the playoffs every year. That never happened until Sean McDermott got there. So that whole list is just absurd to me. But also Kevin Cole of Pro Football Focus, uh, they did a thing. It was on the Unexpected Points podcast, and it was called Blasphemous NFL Takes. And one of his was that Kyle Shanahan is not a top 10 coach in the NFL. I agree that he's not top five. I do think Kyle Shanahan is a top 10 coach in the NFL. Are you with me there? Right now, I have him at nine. So, so my yes, yes my is your answer. My exact list. I'll, I'll throw it out real quick. Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, Sean McVay, Andy Reid, Matt LaFleur, Sean McDermott, John Harbaugh, Mike Brabel, Kyle Shanahan. And then it's hard to choose between Pete Carroll, Frank Reich, and Doug Peterson. I did put him in there. I know he got fired, but I put him in there. Now, Pete Carroll, like I'm, I'm thinking of right now, right? Like who would I want as my team's coach right now? Pete Carroll should probably be higher up there, but he's been making weird decisions lately and he just is annoying me. So I have, hold on. So let me, let me see if I have this straight. Belichick, Tomlin, McVeigh, Reed, LaFleur, McDermott, Harbaugh, Harbaugh, Vrabel, Vrabel. Yes, he might. He probably deserves to be. Well, I can't get him over any of these people. He just brought a Titans team that was decimated with injuries and they're in a number one seed in a stacked AFC. I mean, you're fighting against great competition over there. It's not like they did it in the NFC where there's nobody really that dominant at last season, definitely this season, but Mike Rabel, all he does is bring the Titans to the playoffs and for them to be the number one seed last year with no Derrick Henry for half the year, basically uh, hobbled AJ Brown all year, a rough look for Ryan Tannehill last season. And they just kept winning. All they would do is just kept winning. Number so. one seed in the AFC. They had the most losses for a number one seed in the AFC in like a decade. Really? Yeah. They, they're not that good. He is not that good of a head coach. Who'd you have after Vrabel? Who are the last two? Uh, I had Shanahan at nine. And mm. then it was a tie between Pete Carroll. I probably just put Pete Carroll, actually. I'm not going to overthink it. I'll put Pete Carroll. I think you have Mike Tomlin way too high. I think you have Andy Reid too low. I think Andy Reid's the second best coach in the league. I really do. He could I be. Mean, I think that two, three, and four are all kind of interchangeable there. I, I think if you gave Patrick Mahomes to Sean McVay, he would. I mean, he's already been to two Super Bowls, right? In his very short career so far. Yes. One was with Jared Goff. And then the first year with Matthew Stafford, he goes there. If, I think if he had met, uh, Pat Mahomes, it would be over for the league. Honestly, like from the get go, if you had him. So that's why I was just thinking there. Andy Reid has been a very good coach. He was even with the Eagles. But uh, I, I just think if you give Sean McVay what Andy Reid has had, he would be a better coach long term. Maybe. But I agree. Like Reid got to four straight NFC championship games with Donovan McNabb. Now he's been to four straight AFC championship games with Patrick Mahomes. And he was making the playoffs every year with freaking Alex Smith as his quarterback, too. I have a ton of respect for Andy Reid. 
Mike Tomlin, you and I were, were arguing about this in the chat. My issue with Mike Tomlin is at some point, simply not having a losing season isn't enough. Like that's not the standard for what makes a good head coach. And yeah, sometimes he's had injuries. That's true. A lot of coaches have had injuries. I just think that Mike Tomlin is sort of skating by on that when I think the bar should be higher for him. Yeah, I I agree there. I think for a long time it was very high and then Big Ben got old and they let him hang around for way too long and he did the best he could with a a really bad quarterback. I mean, you could say Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Famer. He is. And you could say he's had a Hall of Fame quarterback. He has not had that for a very long time now. I mean, it's been three straight seasons with terrible quarterback play. Obviously the season he was hurt and then the season he, the last two seasons he came back, they were 11 and 0 with a Ben that couldn't throw a damn ball. He literally <laughs> couldn't throw it. And they started 11 0 and then t- defenses were like, okay, well he really can't throw a ball. They caught on and they started losing again because, but he he's been dealing with pretty much bottom five quarterback play in the league for three straight seasons. It's it's hard to win with that. And I do think he should get a ton of credit for keeping that Antonio Brown is a crazy psycho man under wraps for that long. At, at, at one time, we were blaming Mike Tomlin for not being able to control Antonio Brown. He had him so controlled. Like, thinking <laughs> back, like, yeah, he took some videos in a locker room and we're like, man, you got to control your players. It's like, wow, that was tame, Antonio Brown. Like, you did a really good job with him. Uh, keeping that under wraps and I don't know. He, he's just a good quarterback. You never expect to lose when you, when you have him as your coach. hundred percent top 10. Did I say good quarterback? You did. I know you meant good coach. hundred percent top 10 coach easily. I just don't have him at number two. I think your Steelers colored glasses are, uh, you're looking through the Steelers colored glasses, but I I disagreed with a lot of, it it depends on if you want a defensive coach or offensive coach. Cause Sean McVay, obviously, if you want that offensive minded, more fun, if you're going to have more fun watching your team, you want the Sean McVay, Andy Reed, Mike Tomlin's a defensive coach. Yeah. Fun watching that side of the ball, which they're always a pretty solid defense this last year, the run defense was garbage, but you know, the sacks are fun. I always think it's better to have an offensive head coach just because if you are a defensive head coach and then you're, you hire a good offensive coordinator, that person's going to leave to become a head coach. And then you have to replace them. And that's really, really hard to do to continually hire really good offensive coordinators. So I'm always more comfortable with the offensive guy. Cause like, I know with the Niners, no matter who comes and goes, it's Kyle's system. It's Kyle's offense. That is reassuring to me, especially with a young quarterback. There's always going to be that consistency there. Yeah, or you just never uh, hire good ones like the Steelers. And you don't have to worry about anybody wanting to steal them. I think that Shanahan should definitely be above Vrabel on your list. I think that my argument with Kyle Shanahan is going to be when he has any semblance of decent quarterback play, he goes to deep. He makes deep playoff runs. He goes to the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl with Matt Ryan, Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo gets healthy for any reasonable stretch of time, NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. That would be my argument for Shanahan. If you want to give Vrabel credit for being the number one seed with the Titans, okay, you were the number one seed, but then what did they do with it? They fell on their face. I'd rather have a guy that can go deep into the playoffs. I mean, sure, but then if he doesn't have, like, 
you can't be absolute straight garbage, no matter who your quarterback is. Like if you're going to be a good coach, like I just said, with Mike Tomlin, when he had Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, I'm sorry, Kyle Shanahan has never worked with quarterbacks that bad, or maybe equal. I'll give him equal, equally that bad. Nobody is bad as Duck Hodges, but maybe equal. And at least he had a winning season, right? Kyle Shanahan, what a four and 12 season. That should never happen if you're a good coach. And and six and six and ten, when three of your five seasons have been six wins or fewer, I'm still gonna have them in the top ten because of the other two seasons. But you you can't put him top five when that happens. He needs to show more. I'm not saying he can't get up there. I wouldn't put him to top five more. either. I agree. He's not top five. I totally agree with you. He uh, makes too many stupid mistakes. Like I think they made it as far as they did in spite of Kyle Shanahan last year. He overthinks things. He puts guys in the doghouse. Brandon Ayuk should have never taken that long to be utilized as a receiver as much Agreed. as he was. Like, shocker, you got better when you freaking <laughs> used him. Use other guys. Uh, like, he just, he does these type of things where he puts talented guys in a doghouse or he's not as aggressive as he needs to be with some play calls and then he'll blame things not being perfect. You perfectly executed and that's why it didn't work like you can't count on perfectly executed plays throughout the entire game and I know your big thing is turnover it's just like yeah but sometimes you're gonna have those right you gotta overcome them you gotta figure it out sometimes and I don't know that's what bothers me about him they have had going into last season I should say I don't know if this holds true now but going into last season they had the worst turnover differential of any team in the league since Kyle Shanahan took over. They were at like minus 36 or minus 32 in turnover, which is insane. That means they had 32 more turnovers than takeaways. That's crazy. So do you I think that has anything to do with coaching or just the players on the field? I think it's the players on the field. I think that it's all the quarterbacks. They've had the same problem. Nick Mullins, like Nick Mullins was, was racking up the yards. The problem was he kept turning the damn ball over. He would have like, he would take the team all the way down the field and they'd get like a touchdown or a field goal, or he would turn it over. It's like, as long as he held onto the ball, they moved the ball, but whether it was Bethard or Mullins or Garoppolo, so just crushing turnovers constantly. Let's say Trey Lance then is turning the ball over all the time. Will you start saying maybe it's Shanahan's system or is it just going to be the quarterback's problem again? I mean, you have to think about it at that point because how many quarterbacks can you go through when the constant is the system? You have to start looking at it. But that's why I think that they're going to be so much better with Trey because I don't think he's going to turn. Like, that's the one thing you could say anything you want about Trey Lance, the one thing you can't say about him is that he turns the ball over. He had one interception his entire college career. Like if at least if he does nothing else, I hope he protects the football. When was uh Shanahan, the Washington's OC? Kyle was in Washington in 2010, 2010 to 2013. Okay. So I guess I'm just confused why people think that he loves Kirk Cousins so much because they worked together. It was like five, for five seconds, but never mind. Never mind that point. All right. Uh, so that was my big beef with the Shanahan rankings. I, I think that he's now granted he has to win now, right? You've got your hand picked quarterback. You you're in year what six now, like you have to win. Trey better look good. Um, so we'll see going forward. But my argument at this moment would be 
as long as he gets any semblance of quarterback play, he does really, really well. And we'll see if that holds up. I don't know if it will. I think it will. Um, I, I thought about this too, because a lot of people have been, you know, questioning Trey Lance, this, that, and the other thing. Now all the reviews have been good since he started practicing. I know that it's probably not going to happen, but what if Trey Lance is really good? What if he like balls out this year and does have like a type of MVP season? I don't know. I feel like people should at least consider that as a possibility. I think he's going to, this is my exact call. I think this season he's going to have a Jalen Hurts type season, which is going to be good. And people are going to be so nitpicky that anytime he does, he throws a bad ball or whatever, it's going to be the biggest deal ever when every quarterback has bad throws in every game and has turnovers sometimes. Like obviously Jalen Hurts didn't have the best season ever, but he was a first year starter. And I think he looked pretty good and he won games. He figured out how to win. I think that's going to be the same thing for Trey Lance. And then I think in year three, like we're going to see so many flashes in year one that in year three, that's when he absolutely takes off and gets to his full potential. And we, we see it all connect. Um, so I think next year he's going to perform plenty fine enough to bring the team to the playoffs. Maybe not get super far in the playoffs just because he's so brand new and, you know, it'll be the jitters first playoff game. I think we're going to see, I, I, I really do. I think it's going to be a good season. I think we're going to see a lot of hope and a lot of excitedness. And then he's just going to work his butt off next off season. And it's all going to come together in year three. I thought I saw a tweet from somebody that said uh, Trey Lance was going to be like a top five fantasy quarterback. Who was top 10. that? Top was that 10, maybe. At ball blast him. Who is that? Is that you? It is me. And I stand by this take. People are not happy with this take, which I, it's not a bold take actually at all. Like, like I just brought up Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was a top eight fantasy quarterback last year. He was actually wide, or the quarterback one all the way through week 11 before he got injured, but he ended as a quarterback eight. Trey Lance can easily do that. The thing is, when if you play fantasy football, mobile quarterbacks are a cheat code. So he doesn't even have to be this amazing quarterback to be a top 10 quarterback. He just has to be pretty average, get those rushing yards, get those rushing touchdowns, which I think he will do pretty easily. So yeah, I stand by that take. I'm drafting Trey Lance wherever I can because he's going late. Late in drafts. He's going to be my fantasy quarterback this year. I love taking a fly. I don't know if I would pick him to be my starter, but if I could snag him as a backup, I would be overjoyed. Like that happened to me uh, the year Cam Newton won his MVP. He was actually my backup quarterback that year. I was like, ah, you know what? I'll take a flyer on Cam knowing that he could, you know, have this amazing, incredible year. And then all of a sudden, boom, you realize, okay, something's different. You throw that guy as your starter, and then you just roll to a fantasy championship, which is exactly what I did. And yes, that was like six years ago, whatever. I'm still patting myself on the back for it. So us fantasy analysts, we like, you know, we we make fun of those who draft two quarterbacks because you're just losers. I mean, I won the title, so I I would beg to differ. This is why we we lose because we overthink things. And this I mean, is why beginners beat us in leagues. <laughs> my uh, my sister-in-law beat me. Um, she's never played before. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even watch football. So that was that was fun. I was in the championship game, but she beat me. Um, that was that was a cool time. I like this tweet from you that I just saw. June 2nd, 2021, 
you picked nine people that you thought would have career years in 2021. Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Cooper Cup, Mike Williams, DJ Chark, Rashad Perriman, Mark Andrews, Dallas Goddard, and Anthony Ferkser. Uh, And you got, let me see, is that six of nine, correct? Yeah, six really good, three really, really bad. Because like Chark, Perriman, and Ferkser did absolutely nothing. But to be fair, their careers have been absolutely nothing, so it's not that far off of their career year. <laughs> Uh, but those were bad picks, but the other six were pretty fire. Pretty good. I mean, that's 66% accuracy. If you were a baseball player, you'd be the best hitter of all time by a lot. Let's go. So I see this tweet from June 9th. You've got a list for this year already. This is, I'm excited about this. Cortland Sutton, Rashad Penny, Hollywood Brown, Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard, Kirk Cousins, and Alan Lazard. What? I I have questions. Hey, yes, I know I have Dallas Goddard on there again, but in my tweet, it's best career season so far. And I'm only including guys going into the fourth year or later because like, oh, okay. Um, so I think Dallas Goddard's, even though he had his best season last year and he was on that list and I got that right. I'm saying he's going to even have a better season and have another career season this year. What makes you so excited for Kirk Cousins? I think that just getting rid of Mike Zimmer and the new offense, I think they're going to let him air it out more. I know he did throw up more last year, but with Justin Jefferson and hopefully Adam Thielen is more healthy this year. I, Adam Thielen played more games than I remembered, but I feel like he was just pretty banged up the whole year. He is getting old, but, and then Irv Smith is coming back. Dalvin Cook maybe can stay healthy. I just think it'll be a pretty decent offense and that defense should still be pretty brutal. They didn't do enough. I don't think to fix it this year. So I think Kirk Cousins is going to have to pass a lot. And he's a pretty good quarterback. Like He puts up decent numbers. So he just needs to increase those pass touchdowns a little bit. And he's going to be a top 10 quarterback this year in fantasy. I totally agree on Cortland Sutton. I mean, you when you get Russell Wilson, you're yeah. you're going to be better. Like, that's just it's just pure fact. That, that's an easy pick by you. I think you're way too high on Rashad Penny still. He's going to be yep. injured by like week three. And the, I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah, he probably will be injured by week three, but imagine if he stays healthy. Yeah. He's so good. He is so good. We'll see. He, he is so good. I know I'm they not drafted Kenneth Walker, but I'm not worried about it. I'm not losing any sleep over Rashad Penny as someone who's going to have to play them twice a year. You will be if he's on the field, but he might not be. So <laughs> you're probably fine. I just can't wait to see the Seattle Seahawks ship just burning this year just the whole year just nothing but crap you know what's going to happen they're going to trade for baker mayfield like two weeks into training camp and it's going to be like ah damn it they're going to be at least halfway decent that's all they have to do is trade for baker mayfield and they're not going to be this great team because the roster is pretty brutal still but with baker mayfield they're going to win seven eight maybe maybe nine games but with drew lock you're going to be the worst team in the nfl or one of them (laughs) with like atlanta texas although they they got to get this situation with DK worked out because he's not the, at least Debo has showed up to mandatory minicamp. DK Metcalf has not done that. So they got to get that worked out too. I, I just want to see it all come crashing down for the Seahawks. They've had, what is it? Like 12 years, whatever it is of just 10 to 12 wins playoffs every year. Everything's been great. Now forget it, man. It's our time now. Yeah, you might want them to actually trade for Baker because that means they'll win seven, eight, or nine games, but still not be very good if they're the worst team in football 
or up there, they could go get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or one of these top quarterbacks that break out for this next class. that's supposed to be pretty good. And you don't want them already being able to get another franchise quarterback that fast. That would suck. I'm not worried because Pete Carroll's not going to let him throw. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, this is why I, I can't believe Pete Carroll didn't retire when Russell Wilson left. Like, why does he want to start over? You are an old man. Like, don't you want to <laughs> go retire without your life? Happy. I don't know. Some people, man, it's just in their bones. Like look at Tom Brady, Tom Brady has been a football player for more years that he has been alive than he hasn't. Like, it's literally the only thing he knows at this point. So I think it's hard to just be like, oh, all of that is done now. What do I do with myself? Like, he didn't have a ton of time to develop, like, other interests and stuff, you know? So then I think it's kind of scary. Well, especially with Tom Brady. I mean, he's only 40. Five, I guess. But yeah. when you retire, you have so much of your life left. It's like, okay, well, what do I do now? Because I can't just sit around all day for 40, hopefully another 40 years that I'm still alive. Pete Carroll, though, it, I mean, I guess he's 70. I did think he was a little bit older than that. He's still got some time. He's still got some time kicking around, but <laughs> 70 years old to start over. Thanks for not killing Pete Carroll at yeah. 70 years old. <laughs> but like, to start over at 70 sounds exhausting. I'm 30 and that sounds exhausting. Yeah, wait till you get to be 37 like I am. It's even worse. Yeah, All right, that's going to shut up. That's going to do it for this edition of the Gold Diggers podcast. Again, rate, review, follow. Please leave us a, a rating and a review. Criticize Michelle for backing out of the mayonnaise bet. Uh, it's really, really disappointing. Don't let her off the hook. Please tell us how disappointed you are in her. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Enjoy the week off next week. You're not going to have to deal with me, Michelle. Uh, I do hope the move goes great for you. And congratulations. And I hope you enjoy your new house. Thank you. Have a good week, everybody. Bye, y'all.